This morning uh, we'll be looking at Matthew 6, uh, verse 11. Um, I've done two sermons on the Lord's uh, Prayer in a couple of the evening services. Um, So you may or may not have been there for those, but this is uh, just me continuing to, uh, to go through the prayer. And we've just been going through it really simply as well, just just really um, yeah, soaking in each verse. Um, yes, yeah, so that's Matthew 6. And we'll actually read all of the Lord's Prayer, which is Matthew 6, uh, verse, verses 9 to 13. So we'll just begin by reading that. Matthew 6, verse 9. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that we can come before you and thank you that we can know you as our Father because of what Christ has done. Father, I pray that um, you would receive the glory today and that that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done, Father, um, for Trinity in Hamilton in New Zealand this morning. Um, Yeah, would you change us, Father? In Jesus' name, amen. So we're just looking at verse 11 this morning, which is the line, Give us this day our daily bread. Yeah, so this is part of the Lord's Prayer. Um, There are undoubtedly lots of opinions um, on prayer. We all like to talk about prayer. But nowhere do we see more clearly what prayer really is than in the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is simply Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. Previously, we have looked at the lines, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the essence of these lines is essentially to position us. If I could boil down the last couple of sermons, um, the essence of these first few lines, it would be something about how this beginning of the prayer positions us. It reminds us of of how we are to approach God. It positions us as children talking to our Father. God is our Father. But not any Father. He's a Heavenly Father. A glorious Father, an exalted Father. And it positions us by reminding us whose kingdom and whose will we should be concerned with. And that's the Father's kingdom and the Father's will. So, first and foremost, Jesus has taught us to position ourselves as children of a heavenly Father concerned about his kingdom and his will. And Jesus continues to teach us how to pray. And so we get to verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. After we have positioned ourselves, Jesus teaches us to make this request of the Father. This is the first request of ourselves we can bring before the Father. Give us this day our daily bread. It's a profoundly simple request, but it reveals so much. So we're just going to go through it slowly, just pulling apart the three words, give, daily, and bread. This is how we will look at this request that Jesus teaches us to make. So firstly, just this word give, the word give. 
Give is a word I'm sure any human is familiar with. We've all heard it, we all say it. Parents are probably all too familiar with it, I'm sure. When the kids are fighting over a toy or the remote or something, give it back, give me it, give it. It comes out of the mouths of adults uh, just as much, I'm sure. Give me a break, or give me a pay rise, or more positively, give me a hug, or give me a smile, or for some, maybe give me hope. However it's used, uh, using this word give means two things though. When you, when you say the word give, you're admitting two things. The first thing you admit when you say the word give is that you don't have what you need. You lack something. You're in need of something. On your own, you're missing something. You admit that you need something outside of yourself. When you say, give me fries with that at the McDonald's drive-thru, you are admitting that you need fries. On your own, you lack fries. The second thing that you admit when you use this word give, though, is that someone else has what you need. They have it, not you. They can give it because it's theirs to give. No one goes into the warehouse and asks for a McDonald's combo. Why? Because you only ask of someone who has something to give, who has what you need. When Jesus teaches us to say give, he is teaching us to admit those same two things. He is teaching us to admit that on our own, we don't have what we need. And he is teaching us to admit that only our Father has what we need. Give us. We admit that we have nothing and that God has everything. Give us. We admit that we lack, but our Father has plenty. Give us. We admit that we can only receive and that our Father is the only one who can give. And so our Lord teaches us to pray this word, give. He teaches us to be dependent. The Lord teaches us to pray the word give because he knows the nature of the Father. Jesus knows the nature of the Father because he has that very same nature. So he tells us to pray the word give because he knows it is in the Father's nature to give. He knows the Father is a giver. Jesus is not teaching us to try our luck and, and see whether the Father will be in the mood for giving or not. It's a common experience to walk through this life thinking that the Father is not a giver. As one man put it quite accurately, we can often treat God as one who gives with grudging and who counts out with cold, slow, reluctant fingers what he gives and who gives only when we passionately beg and pray. Whether subconsciously or not, we do often treat God like that, like our Father is stingy and frugal and like he enjoys withholding good things from us. But it's not true. How do we know it's not true? The Bible tells us. Romans 8 verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? How do we know our father is a giver? We know he is a giver 
because he gave his own son for us. That is the ultimate example. That is the ultimate expression of God as a giver. No other example is necessary. Jesus tells us to say the word give because Jesus knows the Father is a giver. Jesus knows this quite literally because he himself is the gift. Jesus himself is the gift for us. The fact that Jesus was standing there in the flesh shows us that God is a giver. He gives to his people. What other example would we need? If he is willing to give us the most precious gift available, God incarnate, how can we say that he's not a giver? He has given his son. Remind yourself of that this morning. If we need more convincing, we must remember what Jesus has taught us in the first line. He is our Father. He is our Heavenly Father, which means He gives as a good Heavenly Father. And Jesus shows us this very point later on in the Sermon on the Mount. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 7. Which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Our Father is a giver of good gifts. And that's why Jesus teaches us to say give. Now let's move on to our second word. This word daily. This day our daily bread. I find that there's two parts about this word daily. There's two aspects that come from this word daily. The first aspect that comes from this word daily, it ties into what we were saying earlier. And that is dependency. There is dependency in this word daily. Think about it. Jesus doesn't teach us to say our weekly or monthly or yearly bread. But this day, our daily bread. There is dependency here. Jesus doesn't teach us to be squirrels. I'm sure you've seen a nature documentary before of a squirrel or some rodent storing up food for the winter, going around and scavenging nuts and seeds and stuff so that in the colder months they can just chill out in their tree or log or under a rock or whatever and just pig out all winter long. The squirrel's attitude is sort of, give me this day my yearly supply so I don't have to worry about food in the future. But that's not the attitude we are to have. We don't pray, give me this day my provisions for the week, Father, so that I can get by just fine. Or the, the classic Sunday prayer, Lord, can you provide my weekly bread so I can get by and check in with you next Sunday? That's not the way Jesus teaches us to pray. Our daily bread, he says. And it's so humbling to admit that. Father, I need bread every day. Father, I need your provision daily. It's humbling, and Jesus wants us to recognize this. Why are we so slow to pray like this? Why do we fail to humbly ask, ask for our daily bread, for provision day in and day out? I think it's because we fail to see the sovereignty of God. In other words, we fail to see that God is intimately involved with everything in our lives. He is in control of everything. Every meal we have, 
is because ultimately God has said so. Every time we get paid, ultimately it's God's money. Every house we live in, we do so because God is in control. Every drop of water we have ever drunk is ultimately God's. Everything in this world belongs to our sovereign God. And we forget this. So we live our lives like everything that comes to us is within our own control. We live our lives like our next meal is guaranteed. And so Jesus teaches us, don't think like this. Instead, pray, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus wants his disciples to acknowledge that all the provisions in this world belong to God. He wants us to acknowledge if it's not for our Father's provision, we could never eat again. If not for our Father's provision, each and every day we would have nothing. It's a humbling prayer, but it's a happy prayer too. It's a really happy thing to realize that everything in our lives, each and every day, is in the hands of our Father. It's a happy thing to realize that the only reason we make it from one day to the next is because our Father provides for us. Pray this prayer and you will be more humble, yet more happy. Now there's a second aspect to this word daily. The first aspect was dependency and humility. The second aspect of this word daily is simplicity. There is such a simplicity about this word daily. Now, I'm a bit of a warrior, not like a knight in shining armor, the other sort of warrior. I'm a bit of a stressor. Uh, but my siblings and I, we're all quite different. We all respond to conflict differently. When my older brother is faced with conflict, he will get angry. That's his default. When my older sister is faced with conflict, she will ignore it and avoid it and pretend it's not a problem when it actually is. When I'm faced with conflict, I'll either just get really sad or really stressed. Now, maybe some of you can relate. And, and even if you can't relate in full, every human worries. Some more than others, but we still all worry. And we're always worrying about the future. Whether it's about what will happen in a few days, or whether it's about what will happen 10 years from now. We can all worry about the future in some capacity. And often this can consume us. We're so overwhelmed by the future, we forget the present. And when we pray, all we can think about is what lies ahead, the worry and the stress of the future. This is why there's such a simplicity in this word daily. There's such a freedom in this word daily. Jesus says, just ask for provision for today. Just ask for provision from your Father just for today. In a sense, Jesus tells us as his disciples to just take it day by day. Let's just take it day by day. There's such a freedom and simplicity in taking life one day at a time. In fact, Jesus teaches us this exact lesson further on in this exact same sermon. Listen to Matthew 6, verses 25 to 27. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. 
Are you not of more value than they are? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And then verse 34, listen to this, verse 34. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So there's complete harmony here between the Lord's Prayer and these verses. There's really a profound simplicity in the Lord's Prayer and a profound freedom. Think about it. This is the one place in Scripture where Jesus himself teaches us to pray. And, when he, and he says, when you pray, pray like this. He doesn't say, for example, something like, pray for your future wife or husband, or pray for your future kids, or pray for that conference coming up, or pray for your upcoming job, or pray that you will stand strong in the faith for this whole year. I mean, of course, those, those things are not wrong to pray for. In fact, they're good. Yet, just take note of the simplicity that Jesus says we can pray with. He says, just take it day by day. There's a comfort in this. Let's move on to our third word. Just the word bread. Fried bread, sourdough, gluten-free bread, the band bread, brioche, naan bread, garlic bread. You name, of it, you name it, most of us love bread. All you have to do is take one look at the average church lunch to see that as a church, we enjoy bread. But what does it mean then when Jesus teaches us to pray for bread? Does he literally mean bread? Do we need to pray that we would eat bread every day? For some of us, I'm sure we'd like that, but, but no, that's not what Jesus is meaning. The big thing Jesus means when he, when he says, ask for bread, is ask your father for food. Ask your father to provide sustenance and nutrition for you. Now, you might think this seems trivial. You might think this seems like an insignificant request for a disciple to ask the Lord to provide food especially with what we've already heard in this prayer. I mean, we've already heard that our Father is in heaven and that he has a name to be hallowed and he has a kingdom. Surely we couldn't ask this God for food. Would he be interested? Well, Jesus shows us that he is. The reality is that this glorious God is concerned about all areas of our lives, even the areas that seem insignificant. Nothing is insignificant to God. We just read before that even providing food for the birds isn't insignificant to our, God, to our God, let alone us. Let that be a comfort to you this morning. Do you feel that God will be disinterested in the small things in your life, that he is too busy to hear your requests, that you should be praying for more mighty things, Listen to the words of Jesus. You can pray for your daily bread. In fact, the first thing Jesus teaches us to ask for is our daily bread. This seemingly insignificant, totally ordinary need. Now we must ask, does bread just mean food though? Or is there more to this word than merely food? I think it's safe to say that when Jesus says pray for bread, he is saying more than just pray for food. Listen to what the Heidelberg Catechism says on this verse. I find this really helpful. This is what it says. 
Give us today our daily bread. That is, provide us with all our bodily needs so that we may acknowledge that you are the only fountain of all good and that our care and labor and also your gifts cannot do us any good without your blessing. Grant, therefore, that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it only in you. Provide us with all our bodily needs, um, says the Heidelberg Catechism. In other words, it's safe to say that this word bread encompasses a lot more than just food. It encompasses all our physical needs. This is a great thing, as it does sort of seem a little bit weird just to pray for bread. So we don't have to feel locked into praying that we would have bread for dinner every day. But rather we can come to our Father and ask Him to sustain all our physical needs for the day. Knowing that He is a Father who, who is not disinterested in our physical needs. And the same goes for our emotional and mental needs as well. He's not in, disinterested in those things. Praying for our daily bread might look like praying that we will have the emotional strength for another day. Pray that the Lord would provide these things for you. Jesus teaches us to pray like this. It is also within the scope of the word of God to take this one step further even. This word bread does mean even more. For anyone who has read through Jesus' teaching in the gospel, we know that bread is given an all new meaning. Listen to John 6 verse 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. In a sense, daily bread is only a foreshadow of the real bread, the bread of life. Jesus Christ. Martin Luther was convinced this was the full meaning of what it means to pray for daily bread, to pray for Jesus Christ himself. I do think Luther does miss some of the ordinariness there is in bread meaning our physical needs here, but um, Luther is totally right in that the, the use of this word should point us to Jesus Christ, to the ultimate bread. Bread for our souls is the most important bread. Listen to John 6 again. This is John 6 verse 27. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Jesus himself says the most important bread for us is not physical bread, but heavenly bread. In other words, himself. That's where our priorities should lay. At this point then, I must talk to any one of you who has not believed in Jesus Christ. In other words, to any one of you who has not eaten of the bread of life, the most important bread. Non-Christian, do not waste another moment. Do not even think of praying for or eating physical bread when you have not tasted the real bread. Jesus Christ will satisfy you. The bread that will take you through this life and into the next. 
And you can ask for the bread of life the same way that Jesus teaches his disciples to ask for physical bread. Ask your creator to give you Jesus Christ. And in doing so, you admit that you are empty, broken, sinful, and hopeless without receiving him. So ask your creator to give you Jesus Christ, for you need him desperately. More than you need physical bread. Only those who have eaten of the bread of life may pray to God as their father, as we have seen this morning. And Christian here today, realize the fullness of this word bread, the reality behind it. Realize that all physical bread only points to the most important bread, Jesus Christ. So as you pray for your physical bread, pray most importantly for spiritual bread, for Jesus. As you pray for physical provision, pray for your spiritual provision found in Jesus Christ. Pray that each day the bread of Jesus Christ will taste sweeter to you. That the bread of Jesus Christ will satisfy you more. And pray to your Father who has given you the bread of life, knowing too that he will also provide for you your physical needs. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that we can come before you and we can ask of you such a simple request. Father, I pray that for each and every one of us today that you would provide for our physical needs, Father, that you would help us get through another day. Father, would you help us emotionally and mentally to, to get through another day, Father? And we also pray that you would focus us again this day on Jesus Christ that we will leave this place focused on the eternal bread, your son. Thank you that you gave him for us. And thank you that all we can do is just simply receive him. I pray that this would be our prayer um, each and every day. And thank you that you are a giver, sir, that you are a giver, giver Father. Thank you that we can pray that of you. Um, we pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.